This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're previewing the NESCAC Women's Swimming and Diving Championships with head coach Peter Casares. The women's track and field team defended their state title, and we'll look back at the NESCAC Men's and Women's Squash Championships. The men made some history on their way to the final. The men's basketball team made some history as well, and the women's basketball team picked up a huge win. All that and more, coming up on the Bates Bobcast. We're talking playoffs this week on the Bobcast. The men's squash team made history this weekend at the NESCAC Championships, defeating Wesleyan 9-0 and Middlebury 6-3 to advance to the NESCAC Final for the first time in program history. In the final, they fell to number one nationally ranked Trinity 7-2, but the win over Middlebury means the Bobcats will get the chance to compete for the Hone Cup at Team Nationals later this month. Helping the team make the NESCAC final for the first time ever was junior Ahmed Hatata. He went 3-0 over the weekend, and he's our male Bobcat of the week. First time in program history you guys got to the final. And so after you beat Middlebury to get there, what was that was, what was that night like? I mean, it must have been pretty happy, right? Yeah, Middlebury is definitely uh, the, the peak of our, of our season until now. Uh, they beat us here at our home about a month ago, and then uh, we, since then, we just couldn't wait to, to play them again because we just had so much energy to play them again. We wanted to avenge that match because we knew that it was just a bad day for us and that we were the better team. And uh, we knew we, we worked hard, really hard, for the past two months for, just for this match. And then uh, when it came and we had that opportunity, we took it with, and with that we, we gave it everything we can. We left it out all on court, and uh, and we got the win. It was amazing. It was an amazing win. Well, what's the atmosphere like at NESCAC? Because everyone's there, obviously, in mm. the same building, I guess. What's that like? We have all the NESCAC women's and men's teams, so it's 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 crowded. Like you can't, you literally can't walk over there until the, your match. Uh, so we just try to focus on uh, on just staying together on uh, outside, like away from the crowd. Like finding some place uh, that that just not not as crowded or empty just for the the, the team to, to stay until the match and then uh, we just warm up together and uh, we start intros and then we do we start the match. Now in the quarterfinals you face Wesleyan and mm-hmm. beat them nine nothing. It's the same day if, if you win that game you're going on to face Middlebury. Mm-hmm. Was it tricky at all? Obviously it wasn't, but I mean, how did you were able to focus on Wesleyan when you're thinking Middlebury is mm-hmm. in the back of your mind? We so the captains did a great job making us making us think about like taking each match separately, like thinking about like that we have we have to think about Wesleyan first, so we not only not focus only on Middlebury. Uh, that was definitely hard because we just wanted to get to the Middlebury match, uh, but the captains just talked to us uh, on the way over there, and they told us we we still we still don't know if you're playing Middlebury. We still have a match to play first. We still have Wesleyan to win, and then we're gonna play Middlebury. So that's how we that's how we did it. Now after you beat Middlebury, the next day, Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Is it? I mean, it's weird to say a final was an afterthought, but mm-hmm. was it a little bit? I mean, uh, <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was Bates ever. Uh, First NESCAC yeah. final ever for uh, for the squash uh, men's team, uh, and that was just uh, that was amazing, especially for the seniors because they, they they've been four years playing trying to get to that point, and then uh, they just had it over there, and then uh, it was at the Trinity Courts too, so we had Trinity as a final. But the the amazing thing that it was we didn't 
we knew Trinity was was a good team, obviously because they're the number one. But even after beating Middle Bay, we still we we still knew that this was not it. We still wanted to go out there and shock the world and make a huge upset. And we did actually get a couple of matches off, and a lot of people did amazing, had amazing amazing. Uh, matches we did show them a hard time now for you personally you had kind of a weird match against trinity <laughs> you won the first set and then you were tied in the second set and your mm -hmm. opponent retired and so for people who weren't there what happened mm -hmm. what was that like because you told me it's never happened during a match yeah. before so uh yeah i was playing uh vargas he's a he's a great player great kid good friend we played a couple of times before we i played him here last time when they when they were playing at bates and then that was his it was it was actually his last home match because he's a senior and then uh, the first game went well. I won the first game. Second game, we were nine all. And then he bumped into my hand on the way to the ball, and it kind of hit the soft spot uh, under his eyebrow. So uh, it got really full, and it was just the trainer just asked him like to to step out because it was better for him to not continue the match. Gotcha. And so, what was that like for you to be like? That's kind of awkward. It's mm. over. It was. It was weird because I never, I never hit anyone on court. Never <laughs> actually, never. Uh, I never had anyone retire uh, when I was playing them, so that was a uh, that was a weird feeling. I definitely felt really bad for him because that was his last home match, and uh, I hope he gets better soon. First years like Abbott and Cannon, mm -hmm. I mean, they'd faced Trinity during the regular season that mm -hmm. one match, but this is pr pretty good learning experience for them, right? Yeah, that's good for them. They're freshmen and they, they they've experienced their first ever uh, NESCAC finals, so that's good as a freshman coming in, and I hope we can they can experience that for the com for the next three years. Uh, They've had great matches as freshmen too. They they showed uh, they showed us that they they we can count on them. And uh, uh, they had they won great matches all both both Cannons and and Abbott uh, McLeod Abbott. They had great matches uh, and they had great energy on court and off court. And uh, they just wanted to win. Coming as freshmen, I've never seen freshmen come in like with the same energy as they did uh, this weekend. Ahmed Hatata, thanks so much. Thank you so much. The women's squash team went 3-1 over the weekend and finished 5th at the NESCAC Championships. They entered the competition seated 7th. The women defeated Tufts on Friday 8-1 to advance to the quarterfinals. In the quarters, they fell to Williams, but bounced back to defeat Hamilton 6-3 later that night. Then on Sunday, the women defeated Bowdoin 6-3 in the 5th place game. We caught up with junior co-captain Emma Dunn and senior co-captain Lauren Williams to recap the weekend. Overall, it was a really positive weekend. Um, I mean, playing four matches uh, over the three days was tough, and I'm really proud of how the girls managed that and took care of business. Um, we're a little disappointed in the Williams loss. I feel like it could have gone either way. The score is pretty deceptive, and we tried our best, and we played really well. So that's a little disappointing, but to come back and beat Hamilton and get revenge on Bowdoin, I'm super proud and couldn't be happier about the girls. Yeah, and Emma, just obviously for laymen who look at Williams, they see an 8-1 score, but could you elaborate a little how close that really was for you? Well, I went to four, and a lot of the other girls went to four or five, and so they were really keeping up with their opponent, and it just stinks that we weren't able to close it out all the way, but, I mean, the fight was so there, and... Honestly, the girls gave it 100%, and at the end of the day, that's really all that we can ask for. And we're going to play Williams again um, next year, so it's just even more motivation and more fuel to really get at them. And then for you personally, you missed the first Bowdoin match because you were out with an injury, so how satisfying was it for you to get back and beat your opponent and help the team beat Bowdoin? Oh, I loved it. Loved it so much. I mean... 
first time losing to Bowdoin for the team ever is just really disappointing. But the fact that we could actually really beat them, 6-3 is a good whooping. So um, that was really satisfying. And like everybody, again, just played their toughest. And it's nice to come out with a win. And Lauren, obviously the three captains, you, Emma, and Charlotte, all had very good weekends uh, you know, at the NESCACs. And so um, you also play in succession in, in terms of the ranks and whatnot. What's that like, kind of to have the three captains so close together there in the team um, order, essentially? Um, I feel like it's pretty intimidating for other teams because uh, during our lineups, it kind of goes like junior co-captain co Emma Dunn, senior co-captain me, junior co-captain Charlotte, and it's just you know that four, five, and six are just – we're solid and we're going to give everything we got. And I can only imagine the other team is just terrified. Um, well, that's what I would think. But, um, no, I, I love it. I love being so close to these guys. And we, we've we been working well since, like, they were freshmen. I was a sophomore. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I think it's also great for the other girls to see how we interact with each other during the match, just to set the example. Um, I mean, we're such a young team that it's hard for them to – kind of understand what everything's about but we work so well together and I feel like just to show them the intensity that we expect from each other is just that's the best that can come out of that situation. And one of the younger players is at playing the number one this year Christina she went undefeated this past weekend Emma I know you're very focused on the technical aspect of the game what makes her so good? She just is very patient and you can just tell that she's really thinking about her shot choice and kind of like she's really good at like judging where the ball is going to go and what type of shot she wants to hit depending on how her opponent returns the ball and she's just incredibly deceptive and so that makes it so hard to play her I mean I even struggle playing her but just because of that reason like I don't necessarily know what she's going to do because she's so quick and then she'll just hold and boom it's done. <laughs> All right, Lauren, I got to ask you laugh. Why? No, she's she for me is just the smartest player I think I've ever played with and against and she's awesome to watch, but she's also just like you got to love the kid. She's just when she when she wants to beat someone, you know she's going to beat them. It's it's like unreal to have someone like that on your team and just to train with someone who you don't know what she's going to do from shot to shot. It's just, it's hilarious sometimes. So, yeah. Unpredictable. So, uh, last question for you, uh, Lauren. We'll go with you here about the um, upcoming weeks here. First, you got the trip to New York this weekend, and then after that, uh, nationals for the team. What are some of the goals moving forward? Um, well, this coming weekend, I think we want to just really re-stamp our authority over Hamilton. Um, they're kind of close to us in the rankings, so if we could do better than what we did this past weekend when we played them, that would be really great, and just to play better than we did. Um, and then Nationals, obviously, I think we're going to be the top seed of our bracket, and to win it and do the best that we can where we are, that's our goal, and I think not even to just do the best we can, just like dominate and prove to the rest of the conference that we are the best team, and yeah. Just, like, play well, do the best we can. Sounds like a plan. Lauren, Emma, thanks so much. Both track and field teams were in action this weekend at the main state meet. The men finished third in the meet while the women won their third consecutive state title. Leading the way for the women was junior Allison Hill. She set a new personal best in all three of her races and lowered her own program record in the 60-meter hurdles to 9.01 seconds. For her effort in helping the women defend their state championship, she is our female Bobcat of the Week. 
This meet's all about just focusing because this is one of our most important meets of the year. We like to get to take home the cup, and that's what we wanted to keep. So I think just focusing on each event at a time, and uh, that's kind of what I did. Kept my mind in the hurdles first, and then the 60 dash, and then the 200. And um, yeah, I luckily set three personal bests for myself, which I was really excited about. And in hurdles, you hold the program record. And that just got lower and lower this past weekend. What makes hurdles such a successful event for you? Right, yeah, that's definitely my favorite event. Um, so I've been do doing it since probably sixth grade. Uh, I was kind of recruited because I was so tall, and then I just pretty much stuck with it. Uh, and I really like it. It adds a little excitement to just running straight. There's a little few hurdles in the way. Um, but, yeah, so my goal has been to get under nine. So I was really close this week. <laughs> Didn't quite make it, but I got to run against uh, one of my rivals, Peyton Dosty, who's very good. She's at USM, and I also ran against her in high school. So it's kind of a bring back some memories. <laughs> sure, and you're obviously, you know, from Bowdoin territory, if you will, right, Brunswick. And so Bowdoin was in this meet. Uh, so how cool was it to beat them again? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it was great to beat them. I mean, sometimes I feel like a traitor, but also my uh, friend and teammate, Alexis Dickinson is also from Brunswick, so it was good to get a second and third place in the 60 dash and just take up the win. Leading up to this week, do you sense any extra urgency on Coach Jay's part since she is a Colby alum? <laughs> She's really good spirited, but definitely the state meet is the number one meet that she wants to win. Usually she was all focused on personal bests and individuals, but this meet, we want to keep the cup. And you did, and so in terms of looking at your teammates and how they perform, what did you notice? This meet, yeah. Uh, one of the stats was we actually only won two events, and I think that really just shows the depth of our team because we pulled in those like six or like six and seven spots or the fourth and fifth a uh, few points, and those are like really important and they added up um, completely. So it was a really team effort on, in every event, and I think that was what really made our team shine. For you personally, in the fall, you were obviously a soccer standout. Transitioning into indoor track season, what has that transition been like for you? Yeah, it's a lot different. Soccer is definitely about more endurance, and I think transitioning into quick pace and sprinting is different. So it was sore for a little bit trying to get back to that. But I think, yeah, it's just different. My race is over in like nine seconds, whereas you got to wait whole 90 minutes. So I think that's just different, and there's obviously not that um, – physical aspect to the game so I think it's more individual and yeah it's a good transition. Have you compared notes with like the uh, the women who ran cross country and transitioned into track versus you doing another sport? Yeah I think for them um, it's a little easier just because they're doing similar events I guess but not exactly the same they're doing a little shorter because cross country is obviously longer um, and just the indoor conditions are obviously different so you know it's not weather uh, permitting so I guess you um can focus more on yourself and you don't have to worry about any storms or anything. First place in the main state meet this past week. Now the week before the team split up and went to two different meets. What was that experience like? Yeah, so that um, that was actually so we could run on the bank track, uh, the sprinters especially, so we could get better times. Um, and it, it was uh, weird because there was only a few of us that went to the BU meet. And um, the entry fees are very high, so most people went to USM. And um, yeah, it was really intimidating also, just all the divisions and uh, D1 and professional runners are there, so it's very intimidating to watch, but it's a good experience. Well, yeah, I was talking to Alan Summerall about this, about competing against Division One runners, and what was that experience specifically like for you? I went my freshman year, and that was just the most intimidating thing I've ever done um, because they're just so good, and there's a whole other level. But um, these past few years, I've been able to compete with a lot of them and see myself um, – 
on the level, obviously not to the extent of the top ones, but it's really exciting to know that I can compete with some of the Division One runners. And when you see Division One runners, how what makes them where they are, I guess, and from your observations as someone who who runs track? Right. I guess um, it's nice because Division Three, I can I can do soccer and track, whereas I feel like Division One, it's very you're doing track all year, even the summer, and so it's just that next level of um, dedication to the sport and I think not that I'm not dedicated I just think they <laughs> yeah. have a, yeah. a little more um, time spent into it which I can see now moving forward this year what are some more goals obviously we mentioned you want to get under nine mm-hmm. if, uh, if possibly in the hurdles what are some other goals you have what the team has moving forward individual goals I'd love to be Peyton that's just one of them um, <laughs> but also yeah getting under nine and I think as a team we have the potential to do really well at division threes and I think just competing at that next level because we want to getting in the top three is really would be really exciting I think we have the potential to do something like that um, especially against these competitive teams and you mentioned your rival from USM Peyton Mm -hmm. and you ran against her you said in high school also do you know each other personally or just on on a competitive level mostly on a competitive level but because we do similar events we usually we talk she's great person but it's fun to have that competitive competitive rivalry um because i used to beat her in high school so now she beats me in college so got to get there some point <laughs> all right well we'll keep track of that thanks so much allison hill our female bobcat of the week thank you very much the playoffs have not started for the women's basketball program at least not yet they defeated trinity on saturday 77 to 61 to clinch a spot in the NASCAC tournament for the first time since the 2012-2013 season senior chelsea nason poured in a career-high 22 points and we caught up with her to get an update on women's hoops. I find that whenever I play the best, I'm not really thinking about it. I kind of am just going and playing how I know how to play. I think we all really showed up. We weren't trying to like make the game bigger than it had to be, but we all knew that what was at stake. So we kind of just went and relaxed and composed, and a lot of people stepped up and we needed them to. And I happened to be one of them, but... Um, there wasn't really anything that I did differently. I just knew that my team needed me, and I went in and scored, and I'm really happy that we got the win. Yeah, and then um, obviously as a senior, it's the first time with this victory you um, your, your team will be going to the NESCAC tournament since your first year. What do you remember from that experience? What have you told some of the younger players about that experience? So it's been a really much of an up-and-down journey since I've been at the school. When we made the tournament my freshman year, I was hurt for – basically all of NESCACs um, because I had a, a stress fracture. So the first game back was the tournament game. So that was against Middlebury, and we lost, which was rough. But, I mean, it was still exciting to make it. Um, and then my past two years, we haven't made the tournament, and we've already won more games this year than we have the past two years combined, which has just been really huge, and it's been so exciting. Um and I'm super excited that we made the tournament, and I think that anything's possible. I think every game is anyone's game, honestly. Yeah, because this team this year has had a few games where you've, you've stormed back from big deficits or you've gone off to a big early lead and then held on for the victory, and so the games kind of have kind of some wild momentum swings. What's that been like? <laughs> it's been amazing. Um, especially, like this year, I mean, it's just – you, you hear everyone, all these um, people talk, and everyone has their favorite teams, and everyone has the teams that they always think are going to do the best. But in NESCAC, um, you really just never know. And I think that that's really the approach we've taken this year is we just went into every game and we're like, 
we are capable of winning this game. We're capable of winning any game as long as we just play like we know how to play. And, I mean, we've come in, we've had really close games where my three, four years here, I haven't been in close games like that with the teams, like Tufts. Like, I mean, that was a really great game. And, like, I can't remember the last time we, like, didn't lose by, like, a huge deficit. So it's just really exciting and I mean, I'm I'm not even worried really about who we're matched up with in the first round of the tournament because I think that we can play with anyone, especially if we show up like we did against Trinity. So this year, obviously, first-year head coach in Allison uh, Montgomery, and so what's that transition been like? Because obviously, previous three years, different coach. Yeah, um, it's been awesome. She's a great coach. Um, first year, she's made so many adjustments. She's brought such a new life and energy to our team that she's just, like, really been a spark and – I mean, as a senior, I've had obviously a lot of other, like I've been through other things and um, been coached different ways, but Allison really has, she really has gotten to know every player individually and what works for them and how to coach them. And I think that that's what makes her so special. She really create has created like relationships with everyone and then has also like created a really close dynamic. So we're, our team's like a family, we say, like we're really close and um I think that our chemistry off the court has like it's been carried on to the court. So having each other's backs in that way is really translating to how we play. I know this team likes a three ball, likes to shoot the three. <laughs> and Allison always laughs about that when I ask her about it and you laugh too. So is that kind of an ongoing thing? Like, well, yeah, threes are good, but maybe not so many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always like kind of our like demon in games because we'll have games when we'll like just shoot lights out from threes and then other games when we just can't hit anything. But um, we know that like we are such a good shooting team and um, I think we kind of just go into every game assuming that we're going to shoot the ball really well. Um, And then, I mean, if we're not, we we do our best to make adjustments, but – um, I mean, I have confidence in who's ever taking, especially three on my team, that it's going to go in. Like, I've seen what everyone on my team is capable of doing. And I think that a lot of teams really do, like, see us as a three-point shooting team, and that's a threat when we're on. But then we also have people who are really versatile, and they can go and do other things, go drive in the paint, um, jumpers. It's not limited, but, I mean, we do like to shoot the three. Obviously, a few games remaining before the NESCAC tournament, and so what are some points of emphasis that Coach has been talking about leading into the tournament with these two games left here? You know, it's really – we just really try to um, not worry about, like, surrounding noise. We just kind of really try to focus on how we prepared for each individual game, and it's a lot of, like, mental toughness, I think. Um and I mean, there's all like we've done everything. We're in shape. We've worked so hard all season, and now it just comes down to just putting all the pieces together. What we've really been trying to do is string together a full 40-minute game. Um, so we we have a lot of great spurts, and I think as the seasons went on, we've like made those spurts longer, which has gotten us some wins. But um, it's just everyone needs to know their what we try to focus on is everyone knowing their role and then making the plays um, that they know they can make. 
That's what made, has made us successful. The men's basketball team made some history on Tuesday in a 91-71 victory over Maine Farmington. The Bobcats made 19 three-pointers on the night, tying a 25-year-old program record for made threes in one game. Sophomore Justin Zukowski hit three of those 19 triples. Farmington was playing their 2-3 zone, and that was sort of the shot that they were giving us, so... Um, we sort of just took what they gave us. Mike Bornazen started off with, uh, I think, like three threes in a row. From then on, we just kept taking that shot. At halftime, coach was like stressing like the sort, the type of threes that we were taking because some of them were like not the right threes we were looking for. But because that was the shot that they were giving us, we just started started taking that and uh, that we just started letting them fly. But in the second half. Uh, we started playing together as a team and started taking the, the right shot. The men held their senior day this past Saturday at Alumni Gym with Trinity in town. The game was delayed two and a half hours after one of the Bantams shattered a backboard. Um, it was kind of frustrating. You know, you have your pregame routine. I went to the gray cage, started dribbling around, and, like I was all ready to go, and then... All of a sudden, that happens, and you're like, all right, what do we do now? Zukowski came out on fire in the second half and hit five threes on his way to a career-high 19 points, but it wasn't enough as Bates fell 78-66 in the last home game for seniors Mike Bornazian, Josh Britton, and Mike Newton. Head coach John Furbush had this to say about the trio. I'm just so happy that these guys have been warriors for me for four years. Like, no matter what, win or loss, they've just been so loyal to me, to this program. And I, I think that's really been uh, infectious for the younger guys to see that. The Norwich skiing teams competed in the Vermont Carnival this weekend and combined with the Alpine skiing teams, who competed last week, to finish 7th out of 16 participating programs. Looking ahead to this week in Bates Athletics, the women's swimming and diving program heads to the NESCAC Championships this Friday, where they finished a program best second last season. We caught up with head coach Peter Casares to preview the three-day event. What are some of the goals you've discussed with the team heading into the NESCACs uh, this year? Well, the big goal this year is to continue to improve on our performances so that we, we show that development that occurs in the program. I've told them at length we don't worry about what times we go. We worry about how we swim our races and, and how we finish our races so that we can be competitive to the end. Um, and we'll let the times that we go dictate how many points we score or what place we finish um, and we'll let that kind of take care of itself. So as nice as it was to finish second last year, we don't want to keep focusing in on can we beat Amherst, can we get closer to Williams. You know, we just can't control what they do. So the best thing for us as a program has always been how do I swim my fastest, and that's to get really excited about swimming, not about a time you go or what place you finish. So if they're excited to swim their races, we're going to be just fine. I know it's a, it's a pretty big team, but who are some individuals who you're really excited to see how they do in NESCACs and what events, perhaps? I got to tell you, it's hard to narrow it down with 24 women, which ones I'm most excited to see. I've worked at length this year with our strength group, and I've seen some pretty amazing things from our, from our seniors in that group. Whitney Payne and Lindsay Prelgavis have been on fire. Um, I've looked over to the endurance group um, and seen... Um, some great things out of our team there, too. To be honest with you, if I did have to pick and choose, I want to see my seniors go out with lifetime bests and have the best meet of their life. And that's the greatest gift of all in swimming is to know that you are your fastest in your last meet. 
Um, and so that's what I'm most proud of with this program. We're not usually our best sophomore year and then slowly trying to, to hold on to the end. We're our best all the way um, at the end of our career. Um, and our athletes are so focused and such great competitors and such on a mission that they want to be fast their senior year while they're juggling thesis, while they're looking for jobs, while they're um, transitioning away from Bates and into the real world. And that's a tribute to them. And that's what we hope always happens. So yeah, I'd love to see our seniors really finish up um, with the best meet ever and, and smiling ear to ear. So in NESCAX, um, in the environment, uh, the competition, how is it similar to a dual meet you do during the season, and how is it different? It's way different. Um, all 11 teams are there. They score first through 24th place. Um, and dual meets are, are clearly you know, two teams going head-to-head -head with only five places being scored. And first place is so valuable in a dual meet. Um, there's a huge point spread between first and second. Um, so when you get to the conference meet, you're looking to get numbers into the night swims. So if you can come back and swim again at night, you're scoring points for Bates. Um, and that's our mission first and foremost, is getting a second swim. Swimming in the prelims in the morning and then getting back at night. Because anything can happen at night. You can go from 8th to 1st. You can go from 24th to 17th. You can move up in your heat and just um, do some amazing things. So we want to get night swims. This year, our depth is... A little bit different than in years past when we had over 30 women. We're bringing 21 swimmers and three divers to the meet. And so we're going to have to adjust to not having the depth we've had in the past. In fact, one of our divers is, is not going to compete because she's concussed. So we're, we're down a person this year as to a full squad, and we haven't had that in a while. So we talked about that at the beginning of the year. You know, being a team of 24 instead of 30 means that everyone plays a huge role. And the only way we're going to match previous year's successes is if we are a team of the many instead of a team of the few. So we can't rely on our top end swimmers. We need everybody from 1 to 24th to be having fun and swimming fast. Um, and if we're a team of the many, we will be really happy with what we do at the end of the year. How did you feel the final tune-up for NESCACs went this past weekend right here at Tarbell Pool? You know, this meet is so much fun for us at the end of the year, and it's crazy because I'm thinking about NESCACs. The swimmers are already switching over to their big meet performance at the end of the year. And we've got this meet that we host and we're in charge of and we get all the teams here and all the entries put together and set it all up. And every year I'm pulling my hair out going, why am I doing so much with 10 days to go? Um, but then we swim the meet and people are cheering and there's smiles and we're setting pool records. We set a varsity record last weekend. Um, People will make national cuts at this meet the last three years, and it happened again this year. So it's just one of those meets that um, when it's all said and done, so much good happened that you're going to do it again next year um, because you know there's value in it. Uh, my women use it as a last you know, moment chance to go fast. Uh, my men are two weeks out of NESCAC, so they need to do some racing so that they're not just sitting around for the last three weeks of the season. So in our eyes here, it really makes sense. Um, and uh, we know we're a little bit different. Not many other NESCAC teams swim the weekend before NESCACs, but, man, we've done well each year we've done it, and so we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, and the men obviously are not this weekend. or the following weekend, so what are they going to be up to this weekend? Are they going to get the time off or no? <laughs> you know, this is, this is probably the secret to their success each year is that they get three, four days all to themselves, um, and we do not give them any days off at this point. Um, uh, in terms of, you know, like, hey, have the practice off because the coaches aren't around. We actually just tell them to come in here, 
um, with the lifeguards and run themselves through a, a men's team only practice, obviously while the women are away. And I've got the practices for them and they do it. Um, and I think that independence, that moment where they're together for four days alone on this campus, well, not really alone on the campus, but alone at the pool, um, really brings them together and is a good thing for them as a group each year. It kind of solidifies the team chemistry going into the final year. And they look to the upperclassmen to lead it. Um, and there's a lot of self-coaching. There's a lot of peer coaching. Um, and that kind of independence is what's needed in this sport because you're up on that block by yourself. Um, so you can't ask your coach for a change of play in the middle of a swim. You can't call a timeout. Um, it's you and you alone. So um, having that moment by themselves, I think, is only, you know, just further kind of teaches the life lessons that they need um, and the big meat lessons that they need to. Last question for you. NESCAC's a three-day event. Haven't had any of those so far this year. Had a couple two-day events. So what's the biggest difference in terms of that, at least? Recovery, sleep. Um, we know, and, and I joke with the swimmers, I'm like, you're going to be wet all weekend long. You know, when you're done with a race, you're going to warm down. When your next race is about to come, you're going to warm up. And you're just going to have to be very comfortable with getting in and out of the warm up and warm down pool over and over again for three hours in the morning and three hours at night. Um, and so we really take our recovery serious. Um, I ask them to drink recovery drinks after the races. I make sure they've got food on the deck so they can um, get something in their stomach to help um, for their next race. Uh, and then we have, you know, stuff delivered to the hotel so that they can hit the bed and, and put their legs up and catch a quick nap if they need to, or at least just get um, comfortable and, and relax. Um, and then at night we try to hustle it back to the to the hotel again so that they can get as much rest as possible. And so we just make it part of our mission this weekend. We swim fast, we eat really well, we sleep really well. Um, and we started talking about that last week, um, giving them the mornings off to get used to it and uh, making sure that they're um, ahead of the curve right now in terms of great nutrition and great sleeping habits. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Looking forward to NESCACs this weekend. Thank you, and uh, keep an eye out on the results. It should be fun for us. The men's basketball team is at Bowdoin Tuesday night while the women host Husson at 7 o'clock. The women have a busy week visiting Babson on Friday and hosting Williams at 2 o'clock on Sunday in the final regular season game of the year. The men's basketball team also wraps up their regular season on Sunday as they visit Williams for a 2 o'clock tip. The men's and women's alpine and Nordic skiing teams compete in the Dartmouth Carnival this weekend, while the men's and women's track and field teams head to the Valentine Invitational. The men's and women's squash teams hit the road to compete with the likes of William Smith, Hobart, and Hamilton this Sunday. We'll recap all of this week's action next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates.